Welcome to I Quit Wine. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm thrilled you're here. If you're sick and tired of having a little bit more than you'd planned to drink and you're ready to change your relationship with wine, then you're in the right place. If you have a serious problem with alcohol, this isn't the place for you. Please get the help you need. Speak to your medical practitioner. But if you're ready to live a hangover-free life, well, then keep on listening. I'm thrilled to have you here. Hello, you're so welcome back to the podcast. I'm Sarah Louise Leather, your host for I Quit Wine. And today I have an amazing guest with me. I have Annette here. Annette's coming to us from the United Kingdom, I think, isn't it, Annette? Yes, that's right. Yeah. I'm in Kent in UK now. The, in Kent, yes. And um, we've just had a bit of a discussion about the Northern Lights and a few other bits and pieces, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about basically uh, Annette's amazing life after wine. So, Annette, would you mind sharing with us what, like, what the journey has been to get to this stage of not drinking wine? Thank you for having me here, Sarah. It's really lovely chatting with you. Um, yes, so that's a really good question. I mean, I've my relationship with alcohol, uh, you know, it's I'm 50 this year, so my relationship is of a 30-year-old <laughs> with with alcohol. And um when I was 18, I moved from Poland to London. Uh, and I was completely on my own without my parents without any family without knowing anybody and you know I came from Poland in Poland I grew up with a lot of alcohol so alcohol was part of my life because the way that I grew up and then you can is that wine or is that more I imagine it's more vodka and spirits or that's all sorts of different stuff but it's yeah it's more spirits um yeah um we didn't have sorry sorry is it a teenage thing in Poland to drink like it would be like in Ireland in the UK? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's we didn't have very good wine in Poland when I was growing up. The wine that we had was really, really not good. <laughs> and then when I was, you know, when I was in living in London, I was drinking wine and I was drinking all sorts of different things. Um, and then I started working in social care. And so my consumption of alcohol has reduced greatly. And then it kind of stayed with me in my you know, late 20s, 30s, beginning of 40s. And when I shifting to 40s, I started noticing how my body started reacting differently to alcohol, any alcohol. And in fact, like I used to love red wine, good quality red wine. And I used I started having really awful headaches after drinking it. So I had to reduce it quite a lot. And, you know, I decided that I wanted to stop drinking a few years back. And in fact, I had uh, just under 90 days when the pandemic hit and when we went into the first lockdown. And because I, you know, I know anxiety really well throughout my life um, my body and my nervous system my mind my emotions responded in real height hyper alertness and anxiety um, symptoms that I haven't had for many many years when we hit that first lockdown and so I you know everybody was drinking I started drinking again 
And it took me a couple of years to come on the other side. Um, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't drinking huge amounts. I was, but my drinking was this Friday night, giving myself rewards after the whole week of working so hard in my business. Put it, it, the, the image that comes is like putting my feet up, having this glass of wine or glass of, I don't know, cognac and um, Coke and just relaxing, listening to some music with my partner and chatting. And, um, and so it wasn't huge amounts of drinking, but there was definitely a habit in there and there were some beliefs, like it helps me to relax, it takes the edge off, it's really nice to, you know, it helps me sleep because I'm so wired after the whole week of work. <laughs> All of those kind of beliefs that I um, made up in my mind. And you, I don't think you're the only one with those beliefs mm. that you deserve. It's what we're told when we're growing yes. up. You deserve this. You need to reward yourself. And at that stage, what, what, at what stage did you start? Because you were working, you mentioned how you were working in social care when you came from Poland. And I know you now as an amazing um, teacher and mentor of yoga and trauma-informed and somatic work and everything. So when did that transition of your work start to happen? So I, you know, I've been teaching uh, yoga and mindfulness and then somatics for the last 13 years. So initially I was doing it, you know, I was teaching evenings and weekends and running a yoga and wellness studio locally and working full time in social care. And seven years ago, I decided to leave social care and become, uh, you know, work for myself. I didn't call myself a business owner then. <laughs> I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to really coach women around wellness, using yoga and mindfulness, embodiment stuff, somatic stuff, you know, being trauma informed because of my, uh, you know, past history of working with a lot of trauma and mental health and addiction uh, and, um, and, you know, supporting clients in, in social care. And it's very interesting, like, What's, what's your question is prompting is this connection between the business, how I see myself, uh, the success within my business and drinking. For me, there is like a huge, huge connection in there. Yes. So just to complete what we were talking about before about the like the Friday night reward and would that tip over then into the weekend, Saturday, um, um sometimes um, sometimes I got into the habit that I definitely would have something some alcohol on Friday on Saturday maybe sometimes never on Sunday because I realized that it's like it was impacting my sleep too much uh and if I did drink on Sunday I would feel really groggy on Monday yeah and how were Saturdays for you when you were drinking on Friday night <laughs> really rubbish really rubbish because it's like I was really tired from the whole week of work showing up you know when you run your own business you do everything and you know holding space for clients holding space for mentoring yoga teachers and coaches um, holding space for other people so really tired from the whole week and in need of rest in need of sleep 
And that's all I wanted the most. And then having alcohol, which then meant that my sleep wasn't that great, which then meant that on Saturday I would wake up tired and groggy. Uh, that sense of, I don't know if you can relate, this sense of this tiredness around my eyes and the heaviness in the body that comes from, it's not, it is a hangover in the body. It's not this kind of raging headache and I've been throwing up or, you know, like might have happened when I was in my 20s. It's more this grogginess and heaviness and um, dullness that comes with it yeah that dullness that lack of clarity I think it's um yeah I did a podcast a few episodes ago that was like I don't have a hangover and other lies we tell ourselves and because Mm. very often we think like well I'm not sick I'm not this I'm not that I'm not that I'm just you know a bit tired and like that is a hangover that's our liver screaming at us that this is not long no longer working so how long was the time period between when you first started knowing that started to question your relationship of with alcohol and then finally stopping <laughs> that's a really good question I think I've always questioned my relationship with alcohol and that's why over the years I cut down and, you know, I really monitored how much I was drinking. So it was only on Fridays or, you know, possibly on Saturday, not like having two drinks and that's maximum, <laughs> not having any more. Um, you know, the worst thing, like I remember from my 20s, drinking so much that I couldn't remember what I've done. And that that uh, that was the worst thing of waking up and not remembering. So uh, there was no way that you know, I would do something like this in my 40s, for example, no way. So it was very much controlling how much. And I try all sorts of different stuff. Like I tried, you you hear people doing, like I tried to have one drink and then glass of water and making sure that I don't drink on an empty stomach, that I have food and then I have a drink, that I only have two drinks. White wine. That's right. It's only beer. Like it's crazy. Or really good quality brandy with some Coke, but definitely not some cheap stuff that I would know my body would react. You know, just, just, it's that kind of, (laughs) I tried it all. (laughs) It's the, we call it overthinking drinking, but it's craziness, isn't it? It's just so mad. Like there's nothing else. If it was fish or chicken or apples or potatoes or orange juice, there's no way we would try and figure out, spend years trying to work out how we could have something of it in our lives without it causing us any problems. And I think that is the real core of the work that I do here in the podcast and in the IQW Academy is finally switching that over to your life is not less than when you don't consume any of it at all mm-hmm. and getting to the point where you actually get rid of that old belief, that old lie that we're telling ourselves that we need this in our lives for our lives to be good and that we've got nothing to look forward to or that, you know, that we des- those innocent thoughts like deserve a treat. Yeah, you mm. do deserve a treat. But what is a treat? How is this thing that you're trying so hard to control? And I know towards the end of a, towards the end of my drinking career, even though it was getting less and less, maybe it was once a month or once every two months or something, but there were some times. There was one, and I told this story on the podcast a while ago, and that that 
I'd had I think I'd had three glasses of wine I think it was a Friday night and I went walked into my husband and I picked up the dog's lead Indy's lead and I said I'm just taking Indy for a walk and he looked at me and he said you just got back (laughs) and and I kind of thought that was funny and I told a couple of friends I said oh that's hilarious and I said like but I walked out in the pitch black to the beach and back, like with the dog, and I don't remember it. Like, oh, and it kind of freaked me out. It was kind of funny. It was like at least I hadn't gotten the car, but I'm like, I know I wouldn't have gotten the car. Um, but just the fact that I couldn't remember that I had that what is essentially a blackout from yes. having just a cup, a, like a normal amount of wine, and I know that's because of my age because of my hormones because of my liver not being able to metabolize that because of what's going on with hormones and stuff but also knowing on a different day of the week I could have had that much wine and it not affected me in any way like it's almost like you can't trust it it's like Russian roulette you just never know when it's going to cause something that is I mean luckily I didn't trip over or nothing bad happened or um but it absolutely could have and I'm just like oh this is a sign. If ever there was a sign, this is a sign that we are done here. We are breaking up. So when did you know that this wasn't just another time of stopping or it wasn't just about doing that bargaining with yourself that like, oh, maybe we'll do every second Friday night or something? When when did you get to the point where you're like, I'm drawing a line in the sand here? Um, I th- That's a really good question. I think it was I had it in my, I don't know where it came from. I had it in my head as I was going from my 40s that when I get 50, I am not going to be drinking. I just had it in my head. And, you know, this year I'm 50. Last year I was 49. And I started um, because I had that almost 90 days before the pandemic came. Um, I kind of thought, well, I am going to do that. And I was trying to do it with my partner and we were both kind of reducing things and, you know, but when there is two of you, it's really difficult. And I suddenly realized, like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it myself. And if he does it with me, that's great, but I cannot do it for both of us or um, adjust my behavior to his behavior. I have to adjust my behavior to my behavior and what I want to do. And so I, I put on a little bit of weight. I was feeling sluggish. Uh, my perimenopause was really not good. I, I have got some other health issues that been flaring up. And I thought, that's it. It's, it's, and you know, I've experienced that before, like when I gave up smoking in my 20s, like at some point came and I was just like, no, this is this is it, the end of it. And then I tried to stop it. I couldn't. I was just like, what the heck is going on in here? (laughs) And that was last summer. That was, um, you know, in in August. I, I saw my parents in May and and I was just like my I had some blood tests and they weren't that great. And I was thinking, and I was trying to stop and I was thinking, what is going on? This is like, I am not, I'm not having it. That was the thought. And so I'm not having it. I'm not having something. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, Oh, that's like, I'm not putting up with it. And so I um, did alcohol free experiment I needed something to, and I was looking for some communities around and there wasn't really anything. There were, there were a couple of other things and 
it didn't resonate at all. Um, and so at that point, I didn't see anything. There were a couple of other people that were doing it, but it just didn't feel aligned. Um, and so I did the alcohol-free experiment because there was a lot of science around it and I really liked it and I could do it on my own in the morning. There was lots of little videos. And then I, you know, I stopped in September and it was the best thing that I've I've done. I mean, it's, you know, that grogginess that we were talking about. Yeah. It's like I might be tired. Yes. I, I might be struggling with perimenopause. I might be feeling sad or in going into distress mode. I might be feeling anxious, or might, but it's not the same. I don't have that grogginess and dullness add-on um, with it. I, know, it. I can recognize that so much, Anetta. I was like, for me, it's just like the shame is so different. Like I can have symptoms from pretty much anything else, but I think with alcohol, when you know you've actually done it yourself, you've mm. actually poisoned yourself and you actually thought it was a good thing to be doing. It's <laughs> like I'm a grown-up person who's very educated and I know, and particularly I think when you work in the sort of health and wellness and mental health arena and you're doing this to yourself, I think there's a real disconnect. There's a real yes. disconnect with your soul, with your psyche, with who, with your soma, like of who you want to be and who you are actually being. And that's why I have like my second step that I, I use in um, in the IQW Academy is all around your, your identity, reinventing your identity as a non-drinking person, which is years of condition, conditioning that needs to be let go of because we it's it's so ingrained in our psyche and our these these countries we live in that that it is part of enjoyment and it's on every ad break on television there they are pouring it out and and it is just every if it like I saw one study on how often glasses of alcohol show up or bottles or cans or whatever show up on your average movie and it's unbelievable how much it is there in every and it's always like it's also someone talking about I can't remember what program it was but it was a it was a well-known American series and the woman was always there in the kitchen in the evening pouring glasses of wine it was obvious she drank probably a bottle of wine and the next morning she get like next morning she gets up and she's looking really glamorous and having normal conversations <laughs> we're just like uh -uh, that's not how it happens no woman like she's well into her 40s that 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 it doesn't happen like that anymore and this is the perception of the way we should be to be ha happy to be successful we should be able to just guzzle the wine at night and get up in the morning and look glamorous and feel wonderful they're never going like oh my god I should never have had that last glass of wine they're never saying that they're always just like oh don't forget to pick up the dry cleaning honey you know like it's just <laughs> it's it's so crazy what we're fed the whole time yeah. 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 I, I, I so relate to what you just said. It's like since I stopped drinking, seeing how much of it is on in in every series, in every movie, in everything that we uh you know watch. And the other day we went to Aldi with my partner and he I mean his alcohol use has come down drastically. He still kind of drinks a little bit here and there on his days off, which doesn't bother me. 
but we our both our awareness has shifted and the other day we went to Aldi and he just said do you know what it's like the third of the goods in here are alcohol the third in the fall of the store and you just kind of think oh my god it's it's so much in your face all the time and that condition that you were talking about it's like you are upset have a drink or you are uh, let's celebrate let's have a drink you know let's cold. relax hold it's like every single reason yes every single thing that's happening rather than this is happening let's just connect let's just be yeah, together completely. like I know I often find that with hanging out with girlfriends and things like if you go out at night it's assumed you're going to be drinking and it's like and even if you're driving or oh, you can have one luckily that's that's that that is slowly changing that like well maybe not maybe no alcohol is better if you're going to be operating a large machine um uh they, that um but there still is that thing if you go out at night then drink like and and possibly not even being invited if you are not drinking um that's been the experience of many of my clients and also myself and uh but if you go out during the day with you meet a girlfriend at 10 o'clock in the morning for a coffee you wouldn't be thinking like oh you're you're driving you can have one glass of wine 10 o'clock in the morning that's no problem we were like no that's ridiculous of course I wouldn't I want to have a good day I don't want to feel tired and sluggish for the rest of the day but we like it's it's so much as that societal conditioning so share with us some of the benefits that you've seen since you stopped September wasn't it that you stopped so that's like six months ago yes so what is um what are some of the benefits you've noticed since you stopped uh there's been so many so many so on you know my energy levels are much more stable my sleeping is uh much better quality I feel much more rest rested uh even my mum said that I look younger um which is always a really amazing thing to hear um I have lost weight uh, so I've lost around five kilos, which is exactly what I wanted to lose. Um, I feel much more focused um, on the like little things. I, I've been realizing like having a, just a laugh with my partner and just really just, you know, this kind of belly laugh, connected laugh um, that really feels really great in the body. Um, that's been I've really been enjoying that Um, the other thing that I noticed recently is wanting to move my body in into dancing which is kind of like oh yeah I just feel like I'm just gonna move my body I like this song I'm just gonna dance for for this song now being quite spontaneous with it Um, I notice you know on Saturday mornings I wake up and on Sunday mornings I wake up really rested I slept well, I do my journaling, I do my practices, I take Oscar, our dog, for a long walk. I feel really good. I feel it in the way that I'm walking, the ease of the walking, like feeling, yeah, I've got energy, I've got energy. Uh, When I'm tired, there are days, obviously it's not perfect, there are days that my sleep might be impacted because of the perimenopause or because I've been worried about something, and I can feel tired 
in my body, but I don't have this dullness, this grogginess that would come with drinking some alcohol. I'm just a little bit tired. I know I have to pace myself a little bit more. I have to have breaks. I have to eat food, that kind of stuff. So that's on the, and you know, the impact of me not drinking, my partner is drinking very little now, very, very little. Uh, He's never been a big drinker, but you know, it's, it's now he's thinking and he says that to me, it's like, oh, I thought, I thought for a moment I have an alcohol, but then I decided not to because I'm tired already. So it's impacted my partner in that way. And, you know, on the business side, and that's been quite amazing, you know, on the business side, I've had the best months. The last six months have been the best in my business um, for the whole of the time that I've been running my business. So 13 years, but last seven years full time. Um, I have created a new training, uh, trauma-informed somatic uh, teacher and coach for women training that in which I'm bringing everything and you know that's training this training has been within me for years but I've never felt confident enough to do that and so you know being quite clear-headed having more consistent energy has allowed me to work in my business in a different way and um you know, from the nervous system regulation point of view, I guess it's like widening my window of tolerance and having more stability to actually follow my dreams and my vision and and thinking, shifting from, oh, I can't do this into, um, I don't know how to do it yet. And actually I can work it out. I can just keep going and trying it out and with the support of, you know, with the support from yourself, with the support of the group, mastermind group, from the support, I I can actually do that because I am clear-headed, because I know there are answers out there and within me. And if I just stay with it long enough, I will work it out. Now, I love, love, love all of this. And, you know, I know that like September was also the time that you started working in my business program with me. Uh, which, um, but I, what really stands out to me about what you're saying here, Aneta, is that like you wouldn't have been considered a heavy drinker in anybody's book, probably if you went to your doctor or even a therapist or somebody and said like, I'm worried about the effect that alcohol is having on me. And they say, how much do you drink? And you say, I have a couple of glasses on Friday night. They'll be like, that's not a problem. Carry on, work out ways of making it work for you. You deserve a break. You deserve a treat. I mean, that is what we're told. I had three different therapists tell me that my drinking wasn't a problem when I had told them it was. <laughs> and because they're like, well, I drink that much. I don't think it's a problem. And as you get older, you're not going to be able to have so much anyway. And I'm like, that is not the problem. That is not, not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know so many things that you said there your partner decreasing alcohol because like it, like there, there are only positive knock-on effects and a lot of people are worried that it will affect their relationship with their partner if they stop drinking and i believe if a relationship is based on alcohol it's kind of tenuous anyway that 
that you stopping drinking isn't the problem. <laughs> you stopping drinking is time that you're going to say, like, I'm going to work out what I'm going to continue working on myself and decide myself what I want from this relationship. Like you work on your relationship with alcohol first and then you can work on all the rest of the relationships. And I find nine times out of ten, when you work on the relationship with yourself, all your other relationships improve. Yes. There might be some relationships, though, maybe some friends that were purely drinking buddies that you thought were, well, I can't let go of those friends. They're the only friends I've got. But it's about building up other connections with in different groups, in different arenas. Where And it might be starting a new hobby or something like that where you are going to meet other people that are like-minded that are not thinking about drinking every Friday and Saturday night. So it's, yeah, I loved that. Um, I love that you said you had the best months in business. That's incredible, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that because uh, a lot of people think what they do on the weekends isn't going to affect their week, but it does. Mm -hmm. Everything matters, everything, particularly once you're a woman of a certain age. I think once you're over 40, but even with some women, it's like mid-30s mid onwards. Once the perimenopause starts to starts to rear its head, and I think it's here for a great purpose for us. It might not always feel great, but it's, uh, it is those changing hormones are for our, our greater good so that we stop, like, wanting to care for other people so much small people bigger people whatever and can go internally and just start looking at ourselves and what we really want and what how we want to spend the rest of our lives um and the um the stable energy levels i think is priceless absolutely priceless um and I think it gives you, when you've got more energy, you can spend more energy, like cooking good food and, and taking care of yourself and probably drinking more water. And and that all becomes such, it, it all it all builds on each other. Um, there was one, I was listening to a, see a trauma therapist, somebody, I was listening to a podcast the other day and he was talking about somebody that he knew that does really deep work with people with, with all sorts of different kind of mental health conditions and stuff, but he will not touch the work. He will not start working with anybody and he has a big wait list and he's very sought after until people have had at least 90 days of alcohol because he doesn't know who they are when they're drinking. Like it's because when they're drinking, they're nutrient deficient, they're usually dehydrated, they're sleep deprived. They need that to be gone so they can see who they're dealing with and what's actually there. Because yeah. so many, I know so many women that I work with are drinking to help them to cope with low levels of anxiety and depression and base, low confidence, not feeling good about themselves. But when you're drinking, even as you're saying in very small amounts, that can still have a profound effect on every area of our health, particularly our mental health. Yes, it, alcohol is a depressant. People don't want to hear that. It's not. It's not a. I could go and do a social media post. Not a popular opinion, <laughs> but because it's not popular, because it's like people want it as their like their security blanket, and it's not about making alcohol wrong or making people wrong for drinking it. It's about what's going to give you your best life. And the the only regret I ever hear from women I work with is that they didn't do it sooner. Yes. But I think it's all got its purpose because I think it makes it all that more sweeter when we take our time doing it as well. Like I spent, you know, 15 years stopping and starting. Luckily, the stopping got longer and longer. 
and I had big chunks of time um, in my in my twenties and thirties and forties of not drinking. Um, but still, it's some of us do take our time to finally draw a line in the sand and and be done with it. But you know when you're done, don't you? Yes. Definitely, you do know, and I definitely knew that I was done. That was it. <laughs> no going back. No, you know, I just, I just, I was very clear in my mind. That's it. And you know, I stopped just before my forty ninth birthday. Like I, my birthday was on the fifth of October, and I stopped in September. And there was no thought in my mind that I'm gonna be drinking on that day I was just like I just don't want to I don't want to I have a something else as a substitute and I want to wake up clear-headed and enjoy my day rather than feel groggy yeah and what's your something else uh there are a few different things so I like this peach tea that we get from Waitrose that's my favorite one I I quite like very very simple stuff like just hot water with lemon it's um I find that a lot of kind of substitutes that we use and I've tried loads of them before they just I don't like the taste of them so I always just come back I would just have a just mint tea or a some herbal tea. I don't like fruit teas. So just some herbal stuff and um, very simple, just hot water with lemon. Yeah. And a little bit of honey if I'm if I'm craving something sweet. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. It's um it's great to just let yourself have whatever you want, whatever what does yes. feel good. Like I've been out and they've just all they've had is like alcohol free cocktails and I'm just like, oh they're like made with some kind of mango syrup or something I said no that'll be no I'll have some sparkling water with a slice of lime thanks yeah. the <laughs> only the sorry. only cocktail that I like is the virgin pina colada <laughs> I tried that had a few virgin mojitos over my time but um uh I must try that one that mm. is that sounds really good now you use you, you shared so much there and the um uh and can I just get to ask you how you find, like you said you found it hard to find the right group. You were looking around for the right group and you're, you're in. We're very um, delighted to have you in the IQW Academy and uh, you'll be sharing some of your expertise over time in there as well. But how would you mind sharing just your experience of the group so far? I know we've only started very recently, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I I love the group. I, I'm I'm loving what you're posting. I'm loving the connection with other women, and we are all at different stages. Some of us been already alcohol free for a bit. Some of us are just starting now. What I love uh, is that it came at the right time. But what I also love is, um, you know, you and who you are and how you are leading it. So I. You know, I already trust you. I know that you work in trauma-informed approach. Um, I have got that connection with you because I work uh, in the business side with you. And and that was quite important to me, you know, that thing. Like I was doing it for my health. And my health has always been a priority for me. But I also wanted to develop stuff around my business. And I wanted those things to come together. And so for me, you are a really great role model 
somebody who's been working in wellness for a long time, who is walking her talk, who is showing, you know, sharing your wisdom, sharing your lived experience and your business experience, as well as the kind of lifestyle thing that the being alcohol free comes under. I think that's the best combination. Um, you know, having that role modeling of like, of course, it's possible. You know, I've done it. I walked it. I can share some wisdom. I, you know, I've been through the challenges myself, so I understand it. Let's just look at that. Um, so it's it's this whole person approach for me, rather than just you know a lot of um, a lot of communities that I've seen out there are focused on alcohol, but they not connect it with the whole person approach. They kind of, um, they just focusing on alcohol. But for me, it was more than just, it was, as you said, you know, my alcohol use wasn't to the degree that I needed to stop it because it was impacting. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the beauty of it as well. And I think like that's really relatable. There's a, there's a big range in the group, but it's, um, it is about, like women living their best lives and knowing yes. that like you know if we take the alcohol out that's a great starting place and like that's maybe 10 20 percent of it and from there you can grow and expand because otherwise I think you're spending so much even if it's just one night a week or two nights a week then it's one day or two days it's two days for me one evening a week two drinks two days recovery <laughs> like yes. on Friday night and then on Monday I feel kind of all right on Tuesday better that's a ridiculous price to pay yeah, how is that a treat? That works. <laughs> exactly. It's a treat for how long? And like I'm not gonna say like I love that feeling of having that first or second drink and that feeling for an hour or so. But mm. then sometimes even before, I don't know if you experience this, sometimes before I even went to bed, I was beginning to feel like, oh, I don't really like this feeling. Yes. And that's why people keep drinking to get a pay that. And and then and then not having a good night's sleep and then the next day being tired, having all the other symptoms. And you're spending the weekend recovering from that hour or two of feeling yes. more relaxed. And there are so many other ways of actually getting feeling that good. What are your kind of go-to things for, you know, feeling like wanting to relax and feel like you've had a treat and uh really sort of wind up and acknowledge yourself for the week that's gone by what what are your go-to things now well we're just doing more of the things that we loved doing already it's like we go for on the weekends we will go have breakfast and go for long walk really long walk with our dog uh oscar and you know stop for to have a cup of tea somewhere uh, summertime because we live by the coast that we can go on the beach which is really great for like half a day feeling fresh feeling you know fully present having a laugh um, for me I've always loved really good food so those Friday evenings are still really good Friday evenings where we just cook some nice food and then just chill out and watch something um like a series we don't have a tv we just streamline stuff so watch some series and just all listen to some music and just chat and have a laugh um you know 
it is very much about connecting, being present, having a laugh, enjoying our time together in that very spacious and slow way. There is no manicness to it. There is just like, oh, we've got the whole evening. Let's go for a walk with Oscar, come back, settle down, have some nice food and just chat. And what I love the most about this is like on Fridays, I would notice when I was still drinking, I would notice I would start planning. Like we have to kind of get some something to drink and we have to take Oscar and not for too long because I want to come back and I want that drink. And I, you know, I was kind of like the afternoon. Bargaining and negotiating. Yeah. And plotting and kind of thinking, I don't want to go out there because I just want to settle down and have a drink. There is this feeling of spaciousness instead of like, oh, what shall we do? Um, You know, let's have some nice food. Let's, Let's just sit down, listen to some music. Let's have a chat. That kind of stuff. Um. So there is the, there's been that shift into just being in the present moment. It sounds pretty awesome and I can mm-hmm. totally relate, like absolutely relate. It's just, um, uh, and I used to find the one thing I said, like even for myself that got to drinking sort of maybe once, once every two weeks or once a month or something, it was still there in the back of my mind the whole time. Yeah. It was still because we're detoxing from it, even small amounts for a few weeks, and it was just always there. And I found like once I, you know, stopped, it was just like I stopped thinking about it, even though I know it's a big focus of this work, but it's still, it's still, I can get on with my life. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you are living your life so much better. So, what would you say if there was? There's a woman listening, and I know there will be because there's so many listeners to the podcast, which I'm incredibly grateful for, that is really relating to what you're saying and knows that alcohol has is having way it's, it's taking way more than it's giving, and but is afraid to stop, afraid that you know maybe her life will not be as good as what it is if she stops or worry that she can't. What would you say to her? Try it out and give it long enough for the changes to take place and to really feel them. You know, I think I said that at the beginning, it's for me, it's, it's taking longer than a month. It's taking maybe two months when I really noticed uh, the quality of my energy and my mood and the, the level of my anxiety dropping completely. Try it out. Because, you know, the science shows that if you are in perimenopause or menopause, you can't digest and process alcohol so well. So bargaining with it, negotiating with it, doing all this other stuff is just using up your energy that you could take back and actually put in the places in your life that you really want to grow. Or nurture yes absolutely and I'll just add one little thing on to that about like it's so true once you're in perimenopause menopause our body can't cope with the alcohol because it's dealing with all the um, hormones that we are trying to our livers trying to metabolize and the the problem with that is that the alcohol then creates a lot of sort of toxic sort of xenoestrogens and 
ex it creates estrogen dominance and Google estrogen dominance and cancer. And it is what so many women fear, the fear like breast cancer and all the other estrogen dominant kind of cancers without realizing that their one or two glasses a few times a week is actually quite significantly contributing to an increased risk of that. And mm -hmm. I don't want to sort of, I don't think fear is a great motivator, but I think we need to know the facts. And when we realize that alcohol, there are actually zero health benefits of alcohol. It actually takes a lot more than it gives, but it also there is no safe limits now. They've really established that, that every drink does actually do damage. And when you know that, you think like, okay, I've got that information now. Um, you can decide how much of that poison do you want? <laughs> you get to decide that. And that makes so much sense then. Oh, that's why I feel so terrible because my liver can't deal with it. It could deal with it a lot better in, you know, 20s and 30s. But now at this stage of my life, and it's our body trying to tell us, there are much better things there for us than alcohol. And it's just imagine yeah. like you are halfway through your life and you've got half of your life that you, you know, dabbled with alcohol and the other half of life when you're you know, living full out in life. I mean, it's, yes. a, it's an amazing choice. I think it's yes. the biggest gift we can give ourselves. Yes. And for me, you know, what you are talking about, like I'm 50, I, I am in, I feel I am in my prime. Like I don't put up with bullshit anymore <laughs> and I can say it as it is. And I feel much more confident in myself and I've got my business and I, I want it to be the best life that I can have to really show up in a way that I couldn't show up when I was younger because I had so much anxiety and so many doubts and so many um, questions and I didn't trust myself now that I've done all this work on myself um, and my business I, I want to have a great life that's that's the whole purpose of it absolutely and the last thing I want to pick up on there is you said like it was a month two months and that's why I made IQW Academy a three-month program plus you get ongoing support after that up to a year because it does take that long. Like there's a lot of 30 day this and 30 day that out there. And that can be a great start, but like your dry July, your sober October, etc. But most people binge after that. Most I agree. Can, and can undo so much of the good work rather than a program that is set up for 90 days because there's a lot of different stats out there. But when I studied all the work around habit change and everything, it is generally around 66 days. So doing a 90-day program will help you get to the other side of it so much. And then from that point, you can make such an empowered decision rather than a decision from sort of some kind of lack or scarcity that you're going to be missing out. Yeah, I, I, and that's what I love about your program as well. <laughs> you know, 90 days is what's needed, like one month. It wasn't enough for me. I knew when I hit the 30-day kind of thing that it was just, it wasn't enough. I wasn't feeling how I wanted to feel. My body ha hasn't rebalanced yet yeah. after 30 days. Yeah. yeah. 
and we're just about to start the the actual official kind of 90-day program when anybody joins they they get to start at the beginning and work through it and have all the support as we go through and you can share your food if you want and share what you're reading and share what you're listening to and and do all the work or you can just sit back and watch but it's it, it, it's all there for you um but at the moment there is a ridiculous special so uh feel free to um hop on and join us the link will be in the show notes and Annette, i'm going to pop the link to your to your work in the show notes as well because I think some people might want to check you out, check out Annette and check out her trainings. They're amazing. Annette, thank you thank so, you. so much for being here today. It's been such a pleasure to hear your experience and we'll have to get you back on in maybe another six months and hear what the second six months of your first year, your life after wine and all the other things has been uh -huh. like. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me and having this opportunity to talk about um, my journey and um, creating new, better life. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to hear more, I would love you to subscribe to the show and a rating review would be so, so welcome. And pop along and see me on Instagram at iquitwine underscore with Sarah and feel free to pop me a DM and say hi and tell me what you've loved about the show. I'll be back with you really soon with another episode. Bye for now.